Hey, Walt, where's the ice gone? Oh, damn, I, I don't know. I must have forgotten to refill the ice trays. Sorry, man. What, what do you need it for? Oh, it's just so hot. I was thinking about having a cold whiskey. Ah, well, you know, real men just drink it straight out of the bottle, I hear. Oh, yeah? Room temperature in Melbourne in December? Yeah, I feel real tough. If I drink it straight out of the bottle, nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. 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 No ice. No ice. We just don't have any ice. Sorry, James. Look, it's nice. It's we just went like full toxic man yeah. for like a solid minute. Nice, nice. <laughs> That's um, Australia. If you've if you've never met a proper Australian man, they say the word "nice" as if it's spelled N O I C E. I feel like the, the the world is getting collectively more aware of this because they're now aware of the no thing. Oh, no, no, Cleo, Cleo, no, no. The, the condensation, the condensation, Cleo. <laughs> Um, <laughs> welcome to the Get Commanded podcast. It's the GCP brought to you by POG, Palms Off Gaming, sponsor of this podcast since 1969. I'm your host, Walt. <laughs> and hello, Commander players. I'm your other host, James, dual citizen of Australia and England, I promise. <laughs> That's what we are. That's us. That's me and James. All right, we're going to start switching up our intros. <laughs> I see how it goes. <laughs> Look, before we get to the transmission, um, I did just want to let everybody know that this is actually our last episode of the year. Yeah. So, thank you all so much for coming along. It's been an absolute pleasure to be in your cars, in your ears, when you're on a walk, at work with you, like, in all the places that you listen to podcast, in the shower with yeah. you. <laughs> We'd slipped pretty heavily into stalker territory yeah. there somewhere it's along the way. It's been a pleasure to be following you. <laughs> On uh, Cavill Avenue your while ears. you're walking home. <laughs> uh, but seriously, thank you guys so much. And look, yeah. if you guys want to support the content that Walt and I make moving forward into 2024, which, by the way, we are really looking forward to. We've got mm. a lot of really exciting things lined up for 2024. Big things. You can do it on Patreon at patreon.com slash getcommandedpodcast. There's a ton of great benefits for you, but also it means that Walt and I can do more of this stuff in more ways to give you more content to enjoy more often more more just more. have just more, have more. That's Make more. how you should live your life. I mean, that's what like 80% of our like direct messages are when listeners like contact <laughs> us. It's like, hey, you guys going to make more stuff? Yeah, they just send the Kylo Ren gif. Just the, yeah. more, more. <laughs> um, anyway, we have an incoming <laughs> transmission from the deep depths of the galaxy from the space commanders. It's time to get commanded. Mastering Commander requires training and practice, and there are principles that will serve you well in this pursuit. Principles that are familiar to one who has engaged in a physical training regime.
physical training regime is in like actually working out. Yeah, I think like the gym. Like, uh, so like training for commanders. Are we going to get like a Rocky montage of us like playing? <laughs> I reckon dun, we might dun. be. I mean, look, I, I think sometimes the space commanders are, are um, choosing one of us without telling us they're choosing one of us. Well, considering you go to the gym probably like four or five, six times a week and yeah. I haven't been in a year. <laughs> uh, I'll hand this one over yeah. to you. I, I mean, look, I have gone to the gym in yes. the past. Like I used to be a bit of a junkie, but yeah. no. Not a lot anymore. Mm. I think, like, uh, probably the last time I was, like, probably in a strong training regime, like, going at least four times a week was probably 2021. So, it's oh, been a while. Yeah. Like, just post-pandemic. Yeah, I do remember that 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 phase. Because yeah. I went through, like, a big workout phase in yeah. the pandemic. I dropped, like, 16 kilos yeah, in, like, well, six weeks. I was thinking of 2020, where you were definitely doing all those, like, home workouts and stuff. And you were, like, running around the block while we were in lockdown. Yeah. You were, like, very... It was a good was, excuse to get the hell out of the yeah. house. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. But both of us were. I, I was also working out at home during that time. It's funny... I don't know what it was like for people overseas and stuff, but 2020, I feel like we had this like certain amount of motivation. Whereas by the time 2021 came around, we were also like exhausted with COVID, especially in Melbourne where we had mm. so many lockdowns and so for so long that we were just kind of like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I have been weight training for about 10 years, maybe slightly longer than that. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um. So yeah, I, I, I'm not a professional I, by no means. Um, however, I have like kept up with like fitness people for a long time. I've seen your YouTube subscribers. Yeah. Like, or your, the people you subscribe to on yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Look, look, I will say, you know, I'm not, I, I'm watching people summarize papers. I'm not going out and reading papers. I'm not like that level of dedicated. But that said, if you follow enough of these different people, you sort of tend to keep up to date with what the latest advice is on stuff. Mm. Um, and I have been, yeah, I've got the lived experience of training for about 10 years. Um, so uh, what you're saying is we're going to look at what a physical training regime looks like. Yes. And then we're going to translate that into like commander world where yeah. we're training for like, if our physical health is all about like keeping us able to, you know, move about daily, complete mm. daily tasks without like losing breath and then perform at peak physical performance, whether we're running or yeah. playing a sport, Commander is like our daily life of just getting an average game in and then yeah. sitting down and maybe playing a really serious high-powered game. Mm. That's like our running exercise. Is that what you're kind of going yeah. for here? It's a very spiky episode, <laughs> I guess, is what's likely to happen here. Um, but I think it should be interesting. I, I think the way we'll do it, I think there's about six like key training principles that I think... Um, in some way translate into Commander. Some of them won't be as obvious as others, so we'll walk you through it until we get there. But look, this should probably also give you a little bit of, like, general fitness advice. I've been sure to not include anything that I think is, like, really contentious. Like, I'm not going out here and, like, giving you a hot take in terms of fitness. Pretty much all the stuff I'm, yeah. I'll say will be pretty, like established scientifically known stuff because there's some stuff in like the fitness world where it's like you know working out to failure is yeah like, that's contentious that's a real contentious thing yeah. I've, I've had multiple personal trainers and like i've had one that says it's great yeah. and another one that says you're an idiot if you do it yeah so it's like like that i'm not gonna recommend we're not gonna mention any of that stuff because yeah. i don't we don't want to give you bad advice yes <laughs> 
All that said, though, we're neither of us are health professionals or, you know, like trained in this area mm. or university or anything like that. So if anything we say contravenes uh, medical advice that you've received, obviously go with the medical advice. But look, again, the main thing is we're using this structure of the, the cool tips we'll have about working out uh, and we're applying it to getting better at playing Commander and having better Commander games. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I feel like Commander is something that we take for granted a lot of the time. Mm. We're like, we just we just go out and do it and we forget it takes practice. Yeah, it does. Which brings me to the first of our principles, I reckon here, which is put in the reps. Like actually practice. You actually have to put in the reps. So for those who are like brand new to, to any sort of exercise regime, especially one in the gym, the, the pretty much every good weight training regime is based on this idea of progressive overload. So I am familiar with this term. But yeah. Go, go on and f- explain. Yeah. So progressive overload is basically the idea of steadily and slowly increasing the load that is placed on your muscles over time. And when mm. I say over time, I'm not saying over a single workout. I'm saying over uh, months, years even kind of thing. So very slowly, your muscles will get stronger. And usually this is done through weight. So you might have a certain number of um, like... Like, so let's say a bench press, right? Sure. Let's classic. say that the, the way my, my routine is structured, I'm going to be doing three sets of eight reps of a barbell bench press, right? Yep. Um, what I will aim to do is if I can do 40 kilos this week for three sets, eight reps, I'll do that this week. And then next week, I'll try and do 42.5 kilos, like the smallest increment I possibly can. And I'll try and do that. If I can get eight reps for three sets of that, great. I'll do the same thing again, 45 47.5. And keep incrementally increasing like that. Until you're benching 245. That's it. <laughs> it's the goal. But yeah, this is basically how your muscles get stronger. Is in order to to like actually build the structures that make them stronger, they have to be placed under increasingly difficult loads. Like if you just keep on doing 40 kilos to your bench press, you're... You They're might- never going to get... No. able to be stronger than that yes so they'll, they'll grow to to match the fact that you're doing that amount of weight but yeah. they can't ever get any bigger than that because yeah. you're just using the same stimulus again and again um so that's that's like all way, uh, trainings regimes are based essentially around that fact some of them go about it a really wacky way where they'll like you know you get those like eight week challenges sort of workouts where it's that's like the ones that i usually do because yeah I, i'm what they call a yo-yoer so like <laughs> I'll, I'll go like hardcore working out eating yeah. like half my daily recommended calorie intake yeah. losing 20 kilos and then being like i look great i'm gonna celebrate at the pub with four pints and a <laughs> huge plate of chips bit bit boom and bust <laughs> Maybe, yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. It, it's a tough one to, to balance, like, the, the different aspects of it. But, yeah, the, the, the sort of eight-week ones that they'll do will literally tell you. They'll be like, you're going to do five kilos, you're going to do ten reps of uh, bicep curls this week, and then, you know, you load up your workout for next week, and it's like, cool, now you're doing um, 20 reps of those yeah. five kilos, or you're doing 25, or you're doing 7.5 kilo be- uh, dumbbells instead of five or whatever. So, this is, like, built into those routines. But if you train for an extended amount of time, you, you do exactly the same thing, except you're usually doing it with weight. Um, so, yeah, this is what we call volume as well, by the way. So, the volume is like the total amount of the weight and the reps that you do. And normally, you just multiply them together. So, you can actually calculate volume by going uh, 40 kilos for times 8 is 320. Damn, the boy's I good think. at math. That seems if right. I, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm going to let the <laughs> listeners tell you if you're wrong. 320. And then if I'm doing three sets, uh, 320 by 
three would be 640. 980, I think. So that's your 960, volume? 960. So th- that would be my bench press volume for that thing. You don't normally do it in this way, but that's... Th- that's what volume actually is. Oh, so it calculates like it kind of holistically, like how much you're lifting and how yeah. much, how many times you're lifting it. Yes, yeah, it, gotcha. all of it together becomes volume. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in order to get stronger, you need to increase your volume. So if you're playing Commander, you also need to put in the reps. You need to play Commander. <laughs> this makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> but I see where you're going with this like progressive overload approach because mm-hmm. you're you're saying that... If you just play one game of Commander every week, mm-hmm. your muscles, your Commander skills, yeah. are not going to grow beyond the skill and strength mm. of one game every week. Is that what you're saying? I think I think it's not exactly as, as one-to-one as that because I think Commander games are also different, right? It's not like you sit down and play the exact same commander game every week because that would be stagnating i agree with you if you were just sat there and you played with exactly the same pod exactly the same decks drew the same opening hand like that would stagnate you but commander has so much variance built in so the volume is a lot harder to calculate yes i I think i think the increase in volume is not so much of a thing here but it is important that you still put in the reps like Mm. that basically that whole analogy i was making at the gym was just to say if i didn't go to the gym and do bench press i can't get stronger at bench press can i like it just it, it cannot physically happen yeah and likewise for it seems obvious, but I, I think a, lo- a lot of the time, especially with new players, they, they so think they need to master the deck. They're like, if my deck was just a bit better, I would win. And it's like, not necessarily. Like, there's probably things you might need to improve oh, about like your deck. From a deck building perspective. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think new players get stuck on the deck itself and like how they can improve it. And like, oh, if I just had a better board wipe and better card draw, maybe mm. I'd win. It's like, no, probably most of the thing you need to learn as a beginning player is just playing Commander and how Commander games end and how they progress. And you can't learn that without just playing lots of Commander. Well, I mean, we've spoken about this before and we've spoken about it in relation to the tinkerers versus architects theory about mm. if you tinker with your deck a Lot, you lose the 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 purpose of the deck or you your your piloting skills of that deck decrease because yeah. it's changing all the time. Mm. I feel like that's, you know, kind of if you want to make it a gym metaphor, it's like doing variations of a workout. So if yeah. you're doing like if if your Marin deck, let's say, is a push-up as an exercise. Uh-huh. The push-up is quite a simple exercise and you know what you're meant to do. You mm-hmm. you keep your you know body straight, you push down, you push up, and you repeat that process. That is a push-up. Yep. We all know how push-ups work. Yep. But variations of push-ups exist. You can do diamond push-ups, which is more working out your triceps, yep. which is where you put your hands kind of together in a diamond shape in the middle of your chest, mm-hmm. push down like that, and that works out a different muscle group. So the variation is kind of like you going, okay, I've built this Merin deck. And now I'm learning how to do a push-up. But before I even get master the push-up, I'm going to change a quite a drastic thing about how this deck works. Mm. And I'm not going to be as strong as a regular push-up because it's now working out a completely different muscle group. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's There's so many factors in Commander, mm. I guess is what I'm saying. I, I have a question for you at this point. So yeah. I, think, I think we agree that just like playing Commander in general helps you to improve well, at playing Commander. The phrase practice makes perfect exists for yeah. a reason. And it definitely applies to Commander. Do you think that there is like progressive overload in Commander? Like in that, do you think there are ways to... Like in the same way that in the in the gym we went from 40 to 42.5, 45 for the bench press or whatever. Yes. Do you think there's a way to do that in Commander? Yes. What and do you I th- reckon it is? I think I'm coming from a CDH 
place of yeah. mind as well. That's where my mind goes to. Because I think that especially with this, if you look at Commander as this power scale, which we don't agree with, again, I'll say it again on the podcast, the power number scale for Commander decks is stupid. Doesn't work. But if we were to use it, <laughs> sure. and we are playing decks that sit in that kind of casual four to five range, mm-hmm. I think that's your kind of like base mark of yeah. like where you're starting to lift commander deck weight. Mm-hmm. When you go up in power, there becomes more variance and more things to think about and more... I think form is a lot more important if you mm. want to use the gym metaphor. If you're saying like lifting, doing a bench press with a light weight your form is not as important if you were doing it with a very heavy weight because you could really mm. injure yourself with a heavy weight yeah. and you could really make a mistake. Yeah. I'm not saying form isn't important if you're using light weights. You mm-hmm. should practice form, but that's the thing, right? You should practice your form even when you're using low weights. Mm. So even in casual games, you should think like you're playing a high-powered game. Yeah. And because that way you're assessing threats better in Commander, which Mm. is like, let's say that's your back arch if you're doing a a bench press. Let's say you're you're assessing threats better. You're uh, like prioritizing card draw and card Mm. advantage. That's your breathing, let's say. That's your breathing routine when you're like doing like one rep in and one rep out, pushing out. I think that there is a real direct translation here of as you move up the power level, those really key form factor pieces Mm. of when you're practicing at low weights come into it. And then when you hit CDH, all of those have to be in perfect unison for you to win. Mm. Because I've said it before about CDH is the first person to make a mistake in CDH is usually the first person to lose. Yeah. Um, And I think that's the same with working out. If you like slip in your form, I think you've lost that set. And yeah. And it's probably a good idea to reset. Well, and if CDH is upping the weight, you know, if you're taking your your form and applying it in CDH, it, in the gym, you will notice very quickly if your form is poor and you attempt a heavy weight because you'll injure yourself. Yes. <laughs> and in the case of CDH, yes, your You will your lose. You'll just form, get kicked out. Your poor form will be apparent because yeah. you will make mistakes and they will cost you the game. Uh, I have, by the way, I think I have won... Either zero or one CEDH games ever. Uh, you've definitely won at least one because I remember. You remember the game. one? I remember, okay. I remember the that game. That might be the that only one. <laughs> well, I think you got down like a turn one root maze. And then uh, just, yeah, like, kept deploying really good, solid stacks pieces for, yeah. like, the entire game. The and stacks that- wing con is just, like, go first, have the right stacks piece. Yeah. <laughs> That's just, like, if you have it... Good form. Yeah, good form. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I think... I, I don't want our listeners to misinterpret what I'm trying to say here. That mm-hmm. Like, because we're going about this episode by trying to in- increase your capacity and your ability to hold volume in mm. the gym, which is our commander games, right? Yeah. I don't want people to think that the goal is playing CDA. No. But if you are lifting weights, you want to increase your capacity, even if you don't have the, I, you know, the goal or the end goal of a bodybuilder's physique. Mm. You, you're not trying to get to a muscle that's, you know, you're not trying to get your biceps to look like my thighs. No. Like, you know, that's, that's a, you know, some people just don't want that. Yeah. And some people just don't want to play CDH. Yeah. So I'm not saying CDH or really high powered commander is the goal, but if you do want to improve, make sure when you are playing these casual games that you're focusing on your form, which mm. is things like threat assessment, prioritizing card draw, yeah. deploying your win cons, yeah. thinking about board wipes, basically every other episode of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then if you do want to go down progressive overload, 
start playing a little bit of higher powered games. Yeah. See what your form looks like when people are playing higher powered decks. Yeah. How do you stack up against a Mir- uh, Mirim uh, deck that's like really tuned and getting dragons on dragons out? Yeah. How's your threat assessment when there's two of everything? Yeah. There you go. And I think as well, like you can, to go about it in a slightly different way, you can do a similar thing by restricting yourself in some way in the way that you're building your decks. So you can, you know, like cut all the tutors from your decks. That'll teach you a lot about card draw. It definitely it'll make you prioritize stuff. That's kind yeah. of like doing a, you know, a workout that really isolates a muscle. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you've ever used the, have you, you've used the bicep curl machine. Yeah. Right? You, you cannot cheat on a bicep God, curl machine. There is no swinging your arms nope. on those. That really says you've got to use your muscle here. Yeah, exactly right. Well, it's funny. We've already gone into it, but my second principle was learn good form. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so I feel like these you're right two in the time, groove. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm in the gym. Let's yeah. do it. But what I'd, um, I'd given here was, yeah, like, you know, if we go back to that bench press again, you will not obviously get everything out of it if you're only going halfway down when you're lowering the the, the yeah. bar down to your chest. If you're going halfway down and back up again, that is actually a valid way of workout, by the way. It's called partial rep. Some people swear by those. But you are not, like, fundamentally, it is not the same exercise as when you went all the way down and all the way back up. If your goal is to do a full bench press... Yeah. You're not doing a full bench press. Well, and, and you're most, not practicing it. most of the time, partials are found to be worse than just doing the full range of movement because mm. the stretch makes a big difference in the in the exercise. But yes, in terms of learning good form, my analogy here was actually that you need to, like, if you're trying to learn how to do a bench press in the gym, you know, you probably will go on YouTube, you'll look up someone. Um, Jeff Nippard is fantastic, by the way. Jeff Nippard might have a video on how he does his bench press. And he'll give you a rundown on the different cues that he has in terms of where he puts his arms how he positions his chest, rolls his arms back, that kind of thing. And that's how you learn to do that. You might even have someone who you train with at the gym who's more experienced than you. And you might just go like, hey, um, Bill, can you please like have a look at my bench press form? And he'll yeah. be like, yeah, actually, you should do it more like this, more like this. Learn good form. In Commander, I think, you need to watch better players play the game. Uh, I is- was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> I was like, maybe watching your opponents. But like, we're so lucky. Yeah, There are... YouTube channels on YouTube channels of really great commander players that you can watch how they play. You can watch Brian Kibler. Brian Kibler is a like pro tour winning magic player. One of my favorite magic players of all time. He's he's also fantastic. But yeah, on commander at home, he plays like, I think they release an episode pretty much every week. It's him and Olivia Gobert Hicks and then two other guests that rotate through. Great vibe. We've recommended them before. But Brian Kibler is an absolutely outstanding magic player and it definitely applies to commander as well. He just like will say stuff about like how he's thinking about his turn and you kind of go like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> I've never thought about waiting and sandbagging in this way. Or yeah. like, you know, like uh, there was a couple of episodes that I've watched with him about like th- him talking about the crackback of mm. having, you know, like if he swings out now, yes, he does a ton of damage, but he will probably lose in two turns on the crackback. And he's thinking like not immediate turn death, yeah. but he's thinking like two, three turns ahead oh, and the yeah. consequences of the crackback in three turns. Yeah. And I've never thought about it like that. Mm. And that, like, now when I 
play Commander, especially when I'm playing decks that are more aggressive and attacky, yeah. I'm thinking about the consequences yeah. a little bit more. And yeah. that's, that's I guess, a part of my form in mm. playing Commander. Yeah. No, I've learned a lot by watching Brian Kibler. I've learned a lot watching um, pretty much all of Rachel, Rachel, Josh, and Jimmy when Man's they play on crew. game nights yep. um, and on extra turns. Um, they make lots of decisions that... that are not immediately obvious, but you'll learn if you watch them a lot. Like prioritizing hitting land drops, they'll draw a bunch mm-hmm. of cards on a turn if they haven't got a land in hand. That's important, and you should do that. Um, they might wait to deploy a board wipe until the board's a bit more yeah. gunged up. I've they might learned- sandbag strong cards in their hand until the turn they want to win. I've learned so much about how to politic from JLK oh, yeah. than anyone else on the planet. Yeah. If you want to learn how to really wheel and deal... In Commander, JLK is the king of it. And oh, yeah. like it's it's a running joke on game nights that he's like the politic player. Yeah. But the reason it's a joke is because it's very real. He's yeah. very good at it. Like there was the one episode with him and the professor. Mm. Um I, he made I think it was the March or maybe Brothers War, I think mm-hmm. was the was the set. They did the recent one, Lost Caverns of Ixalan, or was it older than no, that? No, it's an older one. Okay, it's it's sure. the one where the professor melds Mishra, so I'm pretty sure it's Brothers oh, probably War. Brothers War yeah. Then, yeah. And JLK just perfectly gets what he wants out of that deal. He right. says no attacks and all this kind of stuff. And then the professor ends up cheating on the deal, which <laughs> I think is horrific. But like the way he does that deal was just sublime. He, mm. you know, everything he said was like a win for the professor. So much so that the professor was like, yes, of course, immediately. And that's what I learned about politics was if you put the wins for your opponent first, they kind of stop listening after that. <laughs> and then they stop listening about what's in it for you. Those are all of the things that I want. Yes. Like I can have everything that I want. And there are no conditions because I haven't heard them yet. Yeah, no consequences. I know I'm thinking about it and James is still talking. I've forgotten what he's saying. But like now I will always open a political deal with I won't remove your thing that you want to keep. And then the player's like, woohoo, I'm not listening anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Nice. Yeah, I can see that you would learn that from JLK. He is very, very good at sneaking those things in there. Um, I think one thing I will say... You can, you can learn this stuff by watching those players play. However, the one thing you never see in those shows, sometimes you see parts of it, is people's hands. Mm. Sometimes people, like in um, Game Nights in particular, they obviously have the cutaways. Someone might be like, oh, I have this card in my hand that can answer this, but I'm going to wait. So that's like, yeah. as much as you'll know, you never see someone's full hand on a game like this. And I do think it's, you kind of, especially when you're starting out, you kind of need to see the avenues people have and which one they choose to go down so if you're like new and you're just trying to get better at magic in general i do think watching commander is great but mostly mostly you should go and watch someone stream on twitch like playing arena and playing standard or something and just watch them like draw their cards and go like oh okay i know they probably have this in hand so i'm gonna play this and then this like you'll learn so much about like when people hold cards in their hand and when Mm. people like throw cards on the table as fast as they can like you'll see the way that people prioritize the cards in their hand and even just like talking through the thoughts like i do now that we've streamed a couple of times i I find that accidentally, because I'm trying to entertain our stream and the chat, I'll talk through my thought process, which Uh is giving information to my opponents, which you shouldn't (laughs) do. But like, I'll talk about whether or not I feel like it's the right time to go for a win. Yeah. Or it should be, I need to progress my board state more, Mm. or it's, I need to answer the threats on the board. Yeah. Like, and I'll talk through the reasons I think that the threats on the board 
are worse than if I try and go for a win. Mm. You know, th- those kinds of thought processes. So like, yeah, come join our stream and I'll yeah. just I'll just show you my hand if you <laughs> want. <laughs> so just give you the rundown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Um, my third principle here is that some exercises are essential. And I will elaborate here because this one's not such an obvious comparison. Sure. So what do you mean, Well, Some exercises are essential. Well, when you're building a training regime and certainly when you're looking at one that someone's provided to you, there's... In general, you have to have a pretty good reason to avoid some exercises because they're so good. Like the barbell squat, for instance. Mm-hmm. If you were building a leg routine and you didn't include the barbell squat, it's you're just kind of missing out. It, it, not to say you can't, but compound movements like the barbell squat that utilize a bunch of muscle groups at the same time, your squats are utilizing your um, quads, your glutes, even to a, a small extent, your calves. Mm-hmm. You're training so many parts of your body in the one movement. It's just even like... Your core, like holding yeah. your position correctly is quite a lot of core. Yeah. It's just giving you so much bang for your buck and you'll get so much stronger in that movement because you're using so many muscle groups. Mm. So like if all of those muscle groups just grow a tiny, tiny bit, you get stronger and you get stronger and you get stronger. And so you can like ramp up the weight on these squats so, so quickly. And um, like we were saying earlier, the volume is really important for those muscle groups. And if you can get high volume on that exercise, you're going to make great progress. Right. So you don't have to have a barbell squat in every single routine. There are totally valid routines that don't have them in there, but you have to have a really great reason to not include it. Like, oh, someone's got an injury or um, my knees are not so good at this specific movement. I think I'd be better off doing like a goblet squat or something like that. I think I can see where you're going with this. (laughs) The language that you're using is reminding me of some advice we've given about a certain topic of Commander. So... Again, and I'm going to have one last little one that is also analogous to this example that's in your mind. Uh, You need to have a really great understanding of how these things work before you understand when it's okay to cut a barbell squat from your routine. I am so with you in what you're trying to say here now. So, in Commander... Car draw, ramp, and removal are yes. essential. This okay? is, so we're now looking at the deck building part of your commander yes. journey. Because I think commander is not just playing commander. No. It is building your deck and editing your deck and understanding the social aspect and actually playing the game. There is many different dimensions to playing. Yeah. And the deck building is kind of where it starts, mm. I guess. Or like... Some people buy a pre-con, but, you know, the deck building process for that deck is where it starts. Well, and every game that you have is based on your deck building, Yes, It has to be. The cards that you put in affect the game that you have. And in our deck building episodes, we have said multiple times, our template shows you what you should have at minimum Mm. and as an expectation of what a commander deck should be. Yeah. And And the numbers, by the way, for those who don't keep up, card draw, we say at least 15 Ramp, we say, I'd aim for about 10. 10 or up, yeah. And removal, at least sort of 7 or 8, and ideally close to that 10 mark as well. Yeah. But yeah, as you say, we've said before, when we provided those numbers, these are just a guide. We think they're a really great starting point for your deck. But when you completely understand deck building and have built a lot of decks, you might understand when it's okay to play very little ramp or when it's okay to play more removal or less removal. Mm. Um, But... (laughs) As with the barbell squat, you need to have a really great reason to omit those cards from your deck. And you also need to understand why it's okay to remove those things from your deck. Like with the barbell squat, you need to understand yeah. why you're removing the squat from well, your like, routine. For example, 
card draw, as we know, we recommend like minimum 10, 15 is like your like aiming point when you're mm-hmm. building a deck. In my Eurico deck, I have in Moxfield tagged as card draw four pieces of card draw. Yeah. Because my commander is putting multiple cards in my hand mm. every single turn. Yeah. So I know the importance of card draw as an experienced commander player, mm-hmm. but I also understand that I'm getting it elsewhere. Yeah. So I'm getting card advantage from my commander by putting these cards into my hand. Yeah. So I can reduce the amount of actual card draw I have in my deck so I can do that. So that's me removing the barbell squat. Yeah. Like I can actually take that out of my regime because let's say I'm doing 20 other exercises throughout my week that kind of hit every other muscle group that I need to hit with the barbell squat. Yeah. So I don't need to do that specific exercise every single leg day. No. And and look, you know, there are people who train for a very specific purpose. Like there are people who um, play basketball. And so all of their leg workouts that they choose, this is my brother who played basketball for a long time. Mm. All the leg workouts that my brother chose were based on the things that he knew would affect his basketball game. So I'm assuming like... In basketball, those explosive movements. Explosive if, movements like, is yeah. all of it, right? Like yeah. you need to be able to jump very high and change very fast. Directions. Change direction really fast. So all of his different exercises that he chose, and by the way, he was an exercise science, um, he studied exercise science at uni. So he had the, the skill set to do this, but he chose the different variations of exercises based on how explosive they were and how likely they were to hit extremely important muscle groups like his calves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he, he might have the basis to remove a barbell squat from his routine because he know he knows what he's um, gunning towards in the same way that yeah, yeah. When, when you play Yuriko you understand okay I'm gunning towards a turbo-y kind of win yep. and also my yeah my commander puts cards in my hand Yuriko also very rarely does not come out on turn two um, turn yeah. three at the latest so really you don't even re- and this is the other thing about like Yuriko for example uh Let's let's use another deck, for uh-huh. example, because uh, like I was going to say, Yuriko has a very weird mana curve, but the mm. most the cards that you play are at a very low end. Yeah. So the you don't even necessarily need to prioritize ramp in that deck. No. Either. So no. like it's one of those weird decks where you can look at two of the main core exercises <laughs> and go <laughs> and fuck them. It, it's um, gone. Yeah. But like, okay, let's look at another deck, for example. Let's look at um. Oh, I've got a good example. Phylaf, my landfall deck. Yep. This is a landfall deck, and it's also a very big mana deck. The mana curve is ridiculously high. So when I look at my ramp category, for example, yeah. I know that I need to be going up on ramp mm. because I need the landfall triggers for a start, yeah. and I need the mana late game. Yeah. So instead of doing, you know, let's say three reps of 12 barbell squats on leg day, I'll do barbell squats on my core day as well. Yeah. And I'll probably throw them in on like my, you know, chest and upper body day just yeah. to keep the, the volume, up. volume yeah. up. Yeah. Cause you need it. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. So like, there you go. You don't have to necessarily look at it as cutting the exercises, but you could look at also as increasing them because that's what your deck needs. Yes. And yeah, it, it's very one-to-one there where, yeah, you have decks that, you know, your father's deck probably has 20 pieces of ramp in it. Ooh. It's probably like 28. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, like that's quote twice the volume. Yeah. So you can do it. Um, we have lots left to talk about, including three more training uh, principles. But before that, I think we'd better take a thrifty interlude. Yeah. This is the bit in your exercise where you look at the clock and watch it and go, oh, I'll take a 30 second rest. Then your heart rate hasn't slowed down. So you go, you know what? It's my, it's the day I deserve. I'll take 30 seconds more and then I'll get back into it. 
And it doesn't cost you much. That's It doesn't cost you a heap in your exercise, but you can take the break. That's what the Thrifty Interlude is. I, I'm going to have the, the, the tiniest of tangents because you've reminded me. Um, there's been some recent uh, research into the amount of rest that you take um, in your routine yeah. versus the amount of progress that you make. So, obviously, the way that people usually break it down is like early exercises like a bench press, they might give you two or three minutes to rest between yeah. sets. And then for like um, bicep curls, they might say, just just wait a minute or, or whatever, yeah. right? Um, they found that uh, the amount of time that you wait doesn't matter in that the longer you wait is always better. So, in a perfect world, you would wait three to four minutes between every single exercise because volume always wins. If you wait longer, you will do more volume and more volume means you'll make better progress over time. So, anyway. I was right with what I said. Yeah. I was actually like bang <laughs> on the money. Yeah, yeah. You could take longer. That's why I, I, had to, I had to throw it in there. That was That's um, awesome. Anyway, magic cards. Um, we're yeah. going to hear a little something about a thrifty card. So, as is tradition, I will be performing a monologue. And this week, the card is brought to life in monologue form from the perspective of someone in the card's art. Hmm. Uh, James, would you like to read us the card we're featuring this week? I sure would. We're looking at an aura this week. It's canopy cover. For one and a green, you'll get an aura that enchants creature. Enchanted creature can't be blocked except by creatures with flying or reach. It also says enchanted creature can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. Come, shelter with me beneath the great soul tree. All your regrets, your misdeeds, lost loves and failed dreams, the great soul tree remembers, but beneath its branches nothing of you can be seen. Once I was a great adventurer, known everywhere for his mighty deeds. Many bandits and other foul men fell to my sword, and a far greater number of fine people called me their protector. But time, fickle as she is, was not kind to me. And soon there were many heroes of far greater caliber, stronger, faster, and cleverer than I. Now that I rest beneath this old tree, I doubt that I exist within the memory of any within this world. Betwixt these sacred boughs, long ago in my childhood, I had no name at all, not even one that the great tree would know. But on the sands of Robaran, Jedit O'Janan they called me. Get budgeted! 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 That makes sense. <laughs> Law. <Lore. laughs> it's not. It's definitely not actually supposed to be Jedit O'Jane in, in the art of that so, card. <laughs> for those that don't know, Jedit has been a weird inside joke for <laughs> the Thrifty Thursdays lore. This was the first one, actually, was that I'd like snuck him in oh, here. Is that the f- like, wow, this is an old one then. Yeah, this is like, cover. like Thrifty Thursdays 38 or something like that. And then I, yeah, people like were like, oh my God, it's Jedit O'Jane. <laughs> this is around the time that they had that wizard store promo. For those who don't know, Jedit O'Jane is like a Seven mana four four. And that's like only text on the that's card. That's it. I think it's a five five. Maybe five I five. I think that it's a right. five five. He's like four white white blue or something like that for a five five. And with it's no a other legend abilities. from like way back. Might even be from legend. From legend. I think it I think could so, be. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and yeah, um, they did a wizard store promo that was just like a full art. Um, textless one because there's no text that you need to put on there. Um, anyway, so it's a bit of a meme around the store, yeah. and so I included him in here as kind of like a little nod, and then. Um, famously had one about people stealing each other's faces and someone who was dressed as Gideon took off his face and it was Gide- uh, Jedid Jedid. Janin or something like that. 
Anyway. Canopy cover's a great card. Canopy cover is a very good card. Um, interestingly, people often are like, oh, so it just has hexproof? Because it says it can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponent's controlled. That's hexproof, right? No, because you could theoretically put this aura on a creature you don't control. <gasps> you, if a, like a Voltron commander or something? Yeah. Oh, I love this. And then this. it still says it can't be the target of spells or abilities my opponent's control. So, so you can still target I it. I can still target it. James can't if I put it on James's thing. Weird. Whereas if I gave it Hexproof, Hexproof always refers to its controller. So yeah. if I give you James's commander Hexproof, it's got Hexproof from me. Yeah. But this is not hexproof because it can do that. So strange. God, there's some of these like auras that have these kind of keyword like abilities before the keyword was a thing. Yeah. Like Soul Link. Ah, uh, uh, Spirit Link. Spirit Link is yeah, the one I'm thinking of. Was th- theoretically, was Life Link, except it's a triggered ability. So it's not Life Link, which means you can give it to a creature with Life Link and ha- basically have double Life Link. Double Life Link. Then give the creature double strike. Quadruple Life Link. <laughs> <laughs> I love Armadillo Cloak for that in, a, in yes. any um, Celestia Enchantress thing. Yeah. 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 Plus Sick. two, plus two, trample, and not Life Link, but Life Link. Kind of Life Link. Um, if you liked that, you can see um, those thrifty things released every Thursday. Thursday in the Greensboro Commander Community Discord server, which is linked in the show notes, in the Thrifty Thursdays channel. So you can check those out there. Yeah, and get involved in all the lore. But <laughs> we need to get back to the gym. The training principles. Yes. So we've done three. You got yeah. three more. Got three more. Hit me. Don't actually hit me. You're very strong. I'm very intimidated. <laughs> From the gym. But yeah. From my training He's principles. He's actually sat there with crossed arms and his hand like sat. <laughs> I'm not- Don't uncross them like you're <laughs> embarrassed by that. I was just- he was like cupping his biceps. Was, like it made it seem like I was like threatening you. Like say something, say something. I dare you. He is every week. Yeah. Uh, every every time we record, I'm being threatened. I'm being held here against my will, people. I'm always so shocked when people are like have been because I've been you know reasonably built for a good chunk of my life. People have been like, yeah, yeah. it's intimidating, and I'm like. I spend so much of my life trying to be the least intimidating person ever. Okay, I, I will clarify. Like. You are very well chiseled. It's like <laughs> Michelangelo chiseled you himself, <laughs> but you are not an intimidating person. Okay. It's just when you uh, are silent and show that you're chiseled. That's when it's intimidating. <laughs> uh, I just, I remember once, like, I, I lost a bunch of weight, like, I cut down a little bit. And so I, I lost, like, a little bit of muscle mass, but a lot of just my general mass. Sure. And someone was like, oh, good, you're a lot less scary now. And I was like, what? I was scary before. <laughs> what? To who? Anyway. I'm not scary, I promise. <laughs> the fourth training principle. <laughs> if you want to look like Walt. Speaking of losing, trimming down a bit, uh, the fourth principle is you might need to cut. Uh, cutting in like the gym world yes. is where you are trying to lose body fat. But so, keep muscle. But so keep muscle, yeah. The way this normally breaks down. So, by, by the way, uh, this is a very, very simplified way of looking at it. But basically, the way that you either gain or lose weight is you are either in a caloric surplus or a caloric deficit. Caloric is just coming from the word calorie, calories, which yeah. is just energy. The amount of energy in food. So, let's say there's an apple with five calories in it. I don't know how many calories are actually in an apple. That forms a total amount of food that you eat in a day, yep. right? You have some apple, you have some porridge for breakfast, you might have some toast for lunch, whatever. Like the total number number of that is a number mm-hmm. and it can be measured and that's the amount of food you've eaten today. Yeah. In exactly the same way, your body has a certain amount of energy that it burns just by existing, right? Like your mm-hmm. brain has to function, your stomach has to digest stuff, your heart yeah. has to pe- beat, you have to walk and yep. step. Um 
it varies actually quite a lot between people how much people just generally burn on a daily basis because some people are bodies are extremely active. Well, and other people have like different like you know I work in an office and some of my mates yes. work on a you know labor side. That's going to make a huge difference. Huge difference. Huge difference. But even the amount of people if 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 me and you sat in a room and didn't move for for eight hours, we would actually burn different amounts of. Of energy, partly related to the size of our bodies. That, mm-hmm. That's one because every cell in our body is using energy. I've got like more body to pump blood yeah. round, for so example. There's, yeah. there's more energy being consumed for that reason. But likewise, there's actually these sets of behavioral and psychological things that um, do vary quite a lot between people. Like if someone's got a restless leg, for instance, that actually burns a certain amount of energy. Yeah, across the <laughs> My day. My knee is actually bouncing. Funnily enough, now. I also have a restless leg. <laughs> but anyway, the the gist of it is there's a certain amount of energy your body burns. You can vary it, of course, by exercising. Yeah. That will burn more energy um, than you normally would. And likewise, if you sat and didn't do anything for an entire day, like if you worked in an office, that would also burn less energy. Yeah. But to boil it down, it's basically like the calorie deficit versus calorie surplus is are you putting in to your body more than you are putting out or are you putting out more than you are putting in? Yes. If you're putting out more than you're putting in, you're in a deficit. Yes. If you are putting in more than you're putting out, you're in a surplus. Yeah. And the way that your body will adapt to this is depending on the size of the surplus and the deficit. If you're in a big surplus, your body will need to store energy in some way. So it will usually do this in the form of fat. But if you've been exercising in a weight training regime, it will store some amount of it as muscle as well. Like you need the protein and also the energy to actually build the muscle. And then, yes, if you're in a deficit, your body will try to lose um, whatever weight it can. It will actually usually, its default way of doing this is to burn your muscle cells. But if you provide a training stimulus and so like then use the muscles, yeah, use the muscles regularly through training, then your body will be res- uh, result. Your body will be resort to, resort using, to thank yeah. you. Will resort to burning fat cells instead. So that's like what we reser- what we refer to as the fat reserves. They're, yes, they're, they're like the things that your body is holding onto, so it can use it at a later date if it needs it. Because remember, yeah. our bodies are built. To survive. That's yes. like their whole function. So They're not built for training. <laughs> exactly. Our bodies are built for survival. So if you tell your body it's in a position where you need to use what we have because we're not getting enough input, mm-hmm. it will go right. Well, to survive, I need energy. I'm not getting it from food. Yeah. Where else can I get it from? Okay, goodbye, stomach flab. You're now going to be used to help me walk every day. Yeah, like- <laughs> basically. But yeah, so, so look, um, I don't want to like advocate any like hectic diets or anything, but in order to lose, mus- um, lose fat from your body, if that's something you'd like to do, you will need to be in some amount of a caloric deficit. The healthiest and most sustainable ones are small deficits where mm-hmm. you're only eating slightly less than your body is... is um, is requiring to do its general things, and so you will very, very slowly lose lose um, well, body fat. Literally, just in the thrifty interlude just before, we were talking about when I did a huge cut, yeah, and I was doing it in a very unhealthy way, mm. and I felt horrible. It's, yeah. it's really, bad, it's really to, bad to do it in that way. And also, your body will um, burn up more of your muscle in that way as well. That yeah. going slowly lets your body keep some of the muscle. Anyway, that was a very long way of saying that a cut is a sort of uh, b- bodybuildery, you know, workout term for when you are intentionally in a deficit for an extended period of time where you're trying to maintain your muscle mass and reduce some of your fat. So the principle was you might need to cut and it's because sometimes uh, the way that you're going to progress with your training, it means you will have to cut down a little bit 
on what you're eating in order to, you know, burn away some of that fat before you can build some more muscle. But in Commander, yes. you're using the word cut. I'm yes. assuming you're referring to cutting cards or yes. cutting even decks. Yes, right. that is exactly what I'm saying. So, yes, there are things that are really fun. Like, you know, when you're cutting for, for training, it might mean that you have to have less soft drink or you might have to have takeout a bit less often, especially like McDonald's, which is very, very high in uh, calories and not very nutritious for you. You know, you might have to cut some of those things you really like out of your diet. In the same way in Commander, sometimes you will look at your deck and the thing that you need to do to make that deck stronger is you might need to cut. So, look, we all have comfort meals. And personally, my comfort meal is a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. I will happily respect. admit that. No, respect. It is the greasiest, tastiest thing that mankind has ever created. <laughs> yes. No, I was thinking about other options, but no, it is definitely. <laughs> you had a good think yeah, about it. But definitely. No, it is my, like, comfort meal. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that I have some cards in decks that are, like, my comfort cards, my pet cards. I know yeah. how they work. Like, Sphinx of the Second Son gives me a whole untap and upkeep and a draw step at the end of my turn. Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't want that? But it is eight or six, seven, eight mana. It's, it's eight like mana. eight mana. Eight mana. Eight mana for a card. That is not healthy for a good mana curve, really, <laughs> is it? When I'm looking at, like, my mana curve, I yeah. don't want an eight drop in a very efficient no. deck. Nor do I want a double cheeseburger in a very healthy, balanced <laughs> diet. So it, it works as a perfect one-to-one. -one. It's true. I mean, look, you might... Like, you play Sphinx of the Second Sun in your Scarab God deck, right? But that's where I can cheat it out. Yes. But, you know, in another deck, that might be superfluous, right? Like, that card in a Blink deck, yeah, it's pretty strong to Blink, mm. but it's not that strong to Blink. Well, actually, no, it's not strong to Blink not, at all. It's not strong to Blink at all, but it does give you extra mana let's say and you an were, extra card. Let's say you were building some sort of um, instant speed deck that wanted to leave up a bunch of mana. Sure. You might like Sphinx of the Second Sun because it untaps everything. Gives me right? all the mana on my opponent's turn. It's kind of like a really bad Seedborn Muse. Yeah, or um, rec uh, what's the... Splendid Reclamation? No, not Splendid Reclamation. The 4-mana enchantment. Wilderness Reclamation. Oh, yeah. And your end step, untap, untap lands. lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it sort of would do a pseudo version of that. But it's eight mana, and, you know, you're probably playing a deck that's full of instants that cost one or two mana if you're playing, like, a flashy kind of, mm. um, you know, that kind of a deck. Eight mana is probably too much for that effect. So to you might invest need to, into it, yeah. You might need to cut that from the deck. And it look... They're fun things, usually. Most of the things we cut in Nutrition and in Commander are things that we like and things that are fun. The double cheeseburger is great. But Every for the sake of progressing in your training or progressing in your Commander and building better decks and having better games, sometimes you just have to take out those bad cards. Yeah, I think that it's also about what you replace them with as yeah. well. And I think it's, you know, it's it's talking like that. Okay, Sphinx of the Second Sun in a, in a response kind of flash speed deck is a great card because it untaps all your stuff at the end of your turn. Mm -hmm. But it would be better to replace it with a Wilderness Reclamation yeah. because it's less mana to invest. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're tapping out on your turn. Yeah. Maybe you're not... Maybe you don't have enough ramp in your deck to provide for that Sphinx of the Second Sun. Yeah. So you need to replace it with some healthier alternative. <laughs> so instead of getting the double cheeseburger, you can go and like replace it with like a protein bar or mm. something like that. If your goal is to kind of build muscle, yeah. replace your double cheeseburger on the drive home from work with a protein bar. Definitely. Actually what I have done in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, I, you did allude to it already, but the other thing that you might need to cut is your decks. Whole um, deck. Sometimes a whole deck is just not good for you anymore. <laughs> it's driving you crazy. It's making you angry. It's just not working. And it just has to go. How have you gone with cutting decks recently, Walt? 
I look, I've disassembled pretty much every deck that I was not enjoying anymore. I because we were also talking about this like just before I left for the UK. Mm-hmm. You cut nearly like probably a good half of the decks you've created in the last year, maybe even all of them. It's funny. Because I've always replaced them. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> you've got a new, new ones. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's hard to quantify sometimes. Like I forget how many I've disassembled because yeah. they've all all been replaced and often replaced in spirit and usually like, in the same deck box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the same sleeve. Yeah. So like my Sisse deck, my Shrines Sisse deck was replaced by Estrid, which is also an enchantments deck but not a Shrines deck. Yeah. So spiritual successor. Spiritual kind of successor. Yeah. A lot of the cards like ported straight across. But yeah, totally. I I've disassembled a lot of decks this year i am about to um i'll let some people know that i've been skimming the space commander's uh transmissions and there's one that's addressed specifically to me Uh, and i I think think... this is an equivalent of one that was addressed to me a little while ago Mm. i I need to go through all my decks soon and i am on the cusp of about to do a mass cut yeah and i i I feel like i'm about to do a gym cut like i (laughs) you know it's that anxiety of like oh my god i'm gonna have to really make some tough calls yeah and i do feel like it's going to be a great for that episode but Mm. b good for me as a commander player because you know, like I have a, just an exuberant amount of decks, but some of them just sit on the shelves for ages yeah. and they gather dust. And some of them are like, you know, there's like five cards missing because I ripped the cards out to put in another deck. And yeah, like, they're already kind of on the way out. Yeah, and there's some decks that I really like and that have been sat there, but when I pull them out, they stay in my bag to go to the game store yeah. for weeks after that. So I'm now going to have to be really tough on myself about right what are the things i want to keep in my commander regime and what are the things i want to get rid of Mm. like for example you know things like my dinosaur deck yeah you never pull that out i never pull it out anymore i've seen that about twice in the last two years yeah probably and like it's it's one of those decks that i like have a lot of fun and it's kind of it is honestly a cheat meal for me Mm. that's what it feels (laughs) like it feels like an absolute cheat meal it feels like a no think just play big dumb dino it's not it's not making you grow as a commander player when you play it no but i could easily replace that with another naya creatures deck that actually does definitely increase my capacity as a commander player yeah look i can say definitively that i don't miss any of the decks i've disassembled i think ever i think some of them you're actually so happy to never see again (laughs) most of them (laughs) most of them like most of the time when you start to get that little inkling in the back of your mind like oh this deck's not really that fun anymore just get rid of it because yep. that's the sign that it's time to be done. Because, like, you got to contrast it with there are decks that you're, like, always happy to see. You know, I've talked about this before, but, like, yep. when I did the Command Zero for Katilda and Leah, I always loved seeing that deck. Even I could literally play that deck. It. Yeah, I yeah. could play that deck every other game. I could play that deck half of the time that I play Commander. I wouldn't be sad. Barbala Saga is similar. That's, Kaza, yeah. Royal Chaser. Like, there's decks that I'm just like, that deck is sweet. I'm always happy to see it. It's and me with my Tornos deck. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even Zaxara, you've been playing a lot recently. Yeah, like, I really enjoy that deck. I actually do want to tinker with that deck a little bit. Yeah, might need a couple of yeah. upgrades. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, yeah. there you go. That might be time for you to cut. I appreciate you're saying. that. And I, I do feel like I'm on the, the precipice of a cut. And maybe yeah. when I talk about the, all my decks in that upcoming uh-huh. episode, maybe I will do a little section on the things I cut and why I cut them. Yeah, yeah sure. I'd be happy to hear that. All right. all right. What's your fifth principle? Principle number five. Don't overtrain. Ooh. So this is a pretty common one. We spoke earlier about optimal volume. Yeah. Obviously, you can do 
unoptimal volume. I will say that in general, probably most people do less volume than they need to. Most muscle groups benefit from being um, exercised about twice a week, sometimes yep. even more than that. Um, most people are aiming for about once a week, sometimes even less than that. So, That's why we have like leg days, arm days, yeah. is because we're referring to the time where we're focusing in on that group. Yes. And you should probably, you know, if you're having a leg day, there should be two leg days in your week. <laughs> ideal, ideal world. Um, however, you can definitely overdo it with training. Um, people who overtrain, there's a bunch of different things that happen. Um, sleep quality goes down and overall amount of sleep that you need. Right. Um, there's much more lingering soreness that you get. And the absolute biggest one that's the most dangerous is you are far, far more likely to injure yourself because your joints and yeah. your uh, muscles are fatigued even as you're arriving in the gym and they're just not ready for the loads that you're putting them under. Yeah, I've done, I've done it before. I've torn my chest. Yep. I've, I've had that before. Because like my body type is very top heavy. I'm a yep. very big guy up the top. So when I was in the gym, I was like, okay, I just use that to my advantage. If I train my chest, my shoulders and my back and my arms... I'm going to look huge. I'm going to look built. And I yep. neglected my legs, but mm. I overtrained the top of my body. And yep. I, I did tear the left pectoral, not Ow. not ve- not horrifically, but, but, still. but enough to put my arm in a sling for like a week yeah. because it was like painful to move. It's bad. It's yeah. bad. And we want to avoid it if we can. And, and look, there are so many narratives, especially if you're a man who goes to the gym about, oh, you just need to push harder and you need to get on that grind and like, oh, you need to train to failure. Like all this stuff of like, you're not doing a pro- workout properly unless you do it 110%. Blood, it, sweat and tears. It's just nonsense. Like it all is. of the the um evidence out there about the how hard you should push, by the way, in the gym, they have this thing called, um oh, I'm blanking on the word, but there's basically a number scale of effort rating right. like between one and 10. Sure. Uh, better than our power level scale because it actually <laughs> works. Um, but the easiest way to, to think about it is you can think about like how many more reps you could have done in a set and you subtract that from 10. So a 10 would be literally like, okay, I've done absolutely every rep I possibly could. If I tried to do one more, I would fail. That would be a 10. Yeah. Um, a five would be I could do five more reps of this. So like yep. you know, the, the 40 kilo bench press we talked about before. I personally can bench press a lot more than that. I could probably, if I did uh, eight reps of that, I could do a lot more than eight reps. Yeah. That might be like you a got, three. You got more in the tank. I've got more in the tank. Yeah. A lot more in the tank. So I might have like an effort rating of two or three on that. Sure. Um, mostly they find that about an effort rating of eight is pretty much perfect. So you can have one or two reps left in reserve. Reps in reserve is the other term they use for this. Um, and you will achieve excellent progress and actually if you went higher you might get less progress because of overtraining you might overtrain the muscles you might fatigue yourself that kind of thing well like also when you injure yourself you have to stop training yes so you're taking time out of your training and that can really hurt you like i I have friends that are professional athletes Mm -hmm. and they have said like if they injure themselves and they have to take like most of my friends are seasonal athletes they're winter athletes yeah they take a season off. Yeah. They are like a year behind in their like skiing ability. Oh, it's, yeah. It's intense how much that affects you. Yeah. And like you're not improving at all in that time, obviously. No. Like it's it's time off completely. So, yes, you might in that like, you know, let's say you train in like a four week period of time and you completely burn yourself out and then injure yourself and then have three months off, if you had four months where you were working at like even 70% effort rating, you would have so much more total volume you've done over that time. Okay, so I'm assuming in Commander, you're referring to like the burnout effect, right? Yeah. 
Big time. Yeah. So, we've talked about this uh, explicitly once in the burnout episode. It was episode mm. 27 a while ago now. Um, but yeah, basically, like, you can play too much magic, you can play too much commander, and you will end up burnt out. And like when you injure yourself from overtraining, you will probably just stop playing magic completely. And yeah, you can't get better at magic when you're not playing magic. And yeah. We understand this is a very spiky episode about like, oh, you've got to improve or whatever. But like, you know, it, it is good to improve as a magic player and it's good to become a better player and enjoy the decks that you play and the lines that you find more. And you need to continue to do to play Commander to do that. So yeah, yes, you could play Commander like three times a week for three weeks, then get exhausted with it, drop it for a month and then yeah. come back. But if you just play Commander once a week and you've managed to continue that for a year, two years, you would improve so much more. 100%. And even like, when you think about other like activities where people tell you to get on that grind, like I'm thinking studying, for example, oh, like yeah. preparing for a test. Mm-hmm. It's very common to hear professors and teachers and your, even your parents, if you're in high school, to say you need to take breaks. Yeah. Why would I need to take breaks? I need to cram as much information into my head as possible. It's because your headspace is just as important as the physical space that you're in. Definitely. You need to make sure the sleep is happening. You need yeah. to make sure that you're enjoying. When you go to a commander game, you should be happy to go. Yeah. That's the thing. And like, even if you are a spike and you're listening to this episode as a spike and you're going, I need to get better, I need to get better... Your your wants to get better should be driven by enjoyment. Yeah. And you should end up leaving going, man, I feel great. Like, I've never left the gym after hitting a PB and not been happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, like when I feel improvement in the gym, I feel great. Mm. But I do know friends that are going to the gym. I'm not going to call them out, but they leave the gym, even if they have hit a personal best, and they go, man, I could have gone more. Yeah. I could have been better. Yeah. And it's this negative self-narrative that people tell themselves mm-hmm. and it translates to commander and I think it can be very negative for not only your commander progression but just generally in life. Oh yeah, <laughs> big time. And look, like it, it, it's not restricted to playing commander as well. You can get over-obsessive with tinkering as I've talked about a couple of times mm. now on this podcast. Well, you did a whole experiment to see if you could avoid the negative connotations yeah. of tinkering. And I, there's a recent um, Commander's Herald article as well where I, talked, I spoke with the architect uh, in that recent article. You check that out if you haven't already. Well, the architect more spoke with you from how I yeah, read. <laughs> he, he led the way, that's yeah. for sure. Um, but yes, you can over tinker as well in the yeah. same way and you can get obsessive and going like, oh, that card didn't work. If I just had a different card, it would have worked better. And it's like, no, just like chill out. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. You can just change a card at a time. You don't have to rebuild the whole deck every week. Don't feel pressured to. No. I like the architect for that reason. Yeah. Anyway, check out that article yeah. link in the show notes. <laughs> Go check it notes. out. Um, my sixth and final training principle, and this is arguably the most important one, and I've kind of already alluded to it just now, consistency trumps all else. Yeah. Everything else aside, like if you nail every single other principle that I've just said in your training or in your commander, but you're not consistent with your play or with your improvement, you won't go anywhere. You'll just, yeah. you'll stop, you'll stagnate, you'll go backwards. I, get um, I mean, like I've said before, like we were talking about this literally just in the Thrifty Inslude. I'm mm. nervous to go back to the gym because yeah. I've not been to the gym in like over a year now. Yeah. I'm a little bit like, I've not been very consistent with this at all. Am I expectations of myself are high and I'm not going to meet those. It's hard to start again. Yeah. But yeah, there are there are people out there who like, if we look at all those different principles we've looked at so far, there are people who tick all of those boxes with the right amount of volume and the right amount of reps and um, the right intensity levels and all these different things. But if they're not consistent with their training, they won't go anywhere. And likewise, 
there are people who don't tick any of those boxes, right? Who, yeah. who have like, well, not that they don't tick them at all, but they might have like theoretically bad amounts of volume for their exercises. Like they might be working at their muscle groups once a week. They yep. might not be eating right. They might uh, not be sleeping enough. They might be slightly overtraining. Maybe but if, not looking at their form as much. Maybe. Or, yeah. But if they're consistent with their training, they will always progress faster than someone who is not because yep. they're consistent, right? It's just like, makes sense. And yeah, in the same way with magic, if, if you play once, twice a month, and you're thinking about it and you're gradually improving your decks, you're still improving. Yep. And as long as you're consistent in applying yourself, you'll still get places. Yeah, I think I said at the start of this episode, like just playing once a week is not going to get you as far as someone that's playing four times a week. But I think if you're playing once a week every week, as opposed to someone that's playing four times a week every other week or every yeah. week in a bit or random points of the year like mm. maybe plays maybe plays four times a week for three weeks but then doesn't play for six months yeah your approach to it and your consistent improvement is going to be more noticeable than the than the other person yeah for sure definitely and also like the you can play less and apply yourself more and get more out of your total commander games. You know what I mean? Like people who yeah. play a lot of commander can sometimes get into a bit of a rhythm of just like playing the same games over and over again. I think Especially people- in the same pods and oh, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and with the same decks, like they get stuck in the same ruts yeah. and the same like decision trees. But there are people who play less frequently, but they like make so much more out of their time. You know what I mean? Like there's, mm. there's, there's players who like rock up at a game and they're like, okay, which deck am I going to play? I'm going to play this one. I'm going to try and get better at this. Like they've really like, They've got like intention in their mind of, as to why they're playing and what they're aiming for. And also those people have way more fun. <laughs> yeah. Way more fun. I'm just thinking about like sometimes when we sit down to play together, mm. we'll be like, oh, I can't. And we, part of this episode has come about because of the language Walt and I use around Commander. Yeah. You use get the reps in quite consistently and like you'll sit down and say oh i kind of need to get the reps in with this deck mm. i'm like all right i'll i'll match I'll like i'll hit the same exercises as you and it's <laughs> sure. like we're going to the gym together yeah. in a weird way like yeah you know you'll play a responsey deck so i'll play a responsey deck as well and we're yeah. kind of like in the gym together and i think as like a general tip if you are looking at improving based on these you know six principles that walt, walt has laid out here Find a friend, share this episode with them, mm. and train together. <laughs> if you, especially if you're already in the same pods as each other, you yeah. can get the reps in, eat well. You know all of the advice that Walt's just shared. You can do this with a mate, and I think it's probably going to be better for you to do it with your pod than trying to train on your own in a pod that's not training with you. Definitely. And if this this may, might be the first bit of advice that goes back the other way, where I think equally, if you're trying to get into the gym, have a go with a friend. Yeah. Yeah, if that's True. like your actual goal coming yeah. out of this is you're like, I'm good at all this magic stuff, but I want to get in the gym. Yeah. Take this bit of advice to that as well. Take a mate. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, yeah, I always used to love running with friends. That was yeah. like one of the things I, I love. you cannibal. I love running with music and mm. I would sometimes when I'd run with mates, I'd put headphones in. Yeah. Other, sometimes I'd carry like a UE boom, like one of those portable speakers. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's hard to talk when you're on a run, but just the feeling of doing it with a friend is, yeah. is really something special. Makes a big difference. Yeah. Makes you want to do it again. Um, improving as a magic player can feel a bit like three steps forward and then three steps back, but you will improve over time if you follow good principles. If you put in the reps, learn good form, include some essential exercises, cut when needed, avoid overtraining, and above all, apply yourself consistently to your training, you'll be the strongest player around sooner than you expect. So, Space Commanders, command, command received. received. Ah, feel good. This does feel like leaving the gym. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got the endorphins got pumping. The, got the pump on. Ready to go. I'm actually going to... Uh, you can't come unfortunately because you've got something else on this afternoon but uh-huh. i'm going to cram a lot of commander this afternoon nice some, some friends get the reps i'm in. gonna go get the reps in <laughs> feeling good um to the listeners out there do you feel commanded and will your quote training regime be any different after this episode yeah reach out to us tell us how you approach your commander experience do you i mean you might have listened to this episode and gone i've never thought about commander as something to train yeah and something to practice so yeah if you want to tell us that you've never thought about it like that get in touch with us on a bunch of different things you can get in touch with us on twitter instagram or threads at get commanded on all those best place to join at the conversation of the get commander podcast is in the get commander channel on the greensboro commander community discord server we're there all of our playgroup are there we announce when we're going live and streaming Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff the article i came out with the other day was announced in there so it's yeah a good place to keep up to date on what's going on that's where we're at definitely um, and of course, we would be lost without our patrons over on Patreon. You can check it out. It's linked in the show notes. It's the best way to support the content that we make directly. We'd like to thank our patrons, Stella Tam, Fuzzy, and Bottomless Potamus, and an extra special shout out to Fletcher Cutting, who supports us in the Space Commander tier. You're the best. You are the best. You know who else is the best? Who's the best? Palms Off Gaming for sponsoring this podcast, apparently since the 60s. Yeah, 1969. Oh, 1969. It's a long time. Well, look, <laughs> long time. Palms Off Gaming have actually been sponsoring this podcast for over a year now. Yeah. And at the, as considering this is our last episode for the year, I just wanted to say a really big shout out and thank you to Palms Off Gaming. Yeah. Um, they make some really awesome stuff and you definitely should go buy some of the stuff because I've decided I'm replacing all of my decks with their blackout sleeves i just bought two more sets of de- blackout sleeves actually yeah. for my brother oh for a christmas present yeah, yeah so yeah, we, yeah. we do chris kringle in my family we've done it for the last couple of years and i got my older brother who um him and his partner are trying to like just play a little bit more magic and i happened to mention something the other day the lord of the rings set and they were like what they hadn't heard about this and they were so pumped because they're both like huge lord oh, of the rings you fans bought them the the, the jewel starter decks. Kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't realize they were like is there like a starter kit or something and i was like i don't think so let me look it up and there is there's actually it's i think it's called a starter kit right yeah it's, yeah. Like, it's lord of the rings starter kit it's like a sort of aragorn um uh, it's aragorn and arwen wed the green white c- commander versus like the versus um no it's versus sauron there's a, oh, the, the, the yeah. black red sauron. yeah sure um it looks super sweet but i bought a couple of um sets blackout of the sleeves. blackout sleeves for them as well i just think they're awesome sleeves they're really cool and look if, if you do want to get your hands on all of this stuff go to palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded and you get 10% off your purchase and you support us and I will just say as well if you do use that code it does help us out with POG because Palms Off Gaming are doing some really exciting stuff in 2024 and I was literally last night chatting to some of the boys uh, at Palms Off Gaming Mm. go subscribe to their YouTube channel as well we've done one episode of their podcast with them but there might be some content coming out with them with your favourite Space Commander boys in the future you might have to worry a little bit but someday it's exciting it's exciting go, it is go exciting. get connected so again the the link is in the show notes but it, it's palmsoffgaming.com.au forward slash hashtag get commanded 10% yep. off check them out um that's all the magic stuff for this week it i is. reckon we better planes walk out of here i think it's your turn again yeah and we're gonna do music again because i feel Always like happy. i feel like there's a couple of different categories of planes walks it's star wars <laughs> Uh, waltz, other nerdy content other nerdy content or like technology like you yeah. talk about your computer or music yep. and I want to do music this week Okay. specifically a very local band when I mean very local I mean the, the lead singer literally lives down the road from here oh wow um, incredible artist Terra Rouge um, 
Str- you told me about them before, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think you'd really like them. Mm. They're kind of like, in terms of a um, a vibe, imagine kind of like a kind of rock and roll style jazz club where it's like really dimly lit. The lead singer would be in like a red dress with red lipstick and a spotlight on. And it's mm. all in black and white, but the only thing that's in color is the dress and the lipstick. <laughs> that kind of vibe, right? Sin City. You're describing the film yeah. Sin City. <laughs> Yes, I am. <laughs> I, what, good one, actually. Yes. Yeah. Um, that kind of vibe. But then she's also now evolving into a bit of a garage punk vibe as well. Cool. So it's like it's a really cool blend of of musical like genres, genres, yeah. and also like her stage presence is just fantastic. Cool. Terra Rouge is her name. She has a great backing band called the Redbacks. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm shouting her out specifically is because she's going on tour next year in February. I, I will link. I don't think there's anything announced specifically yet, but I've linked her Instagram in the show notes. So oh, go great. go check out her stuff. Yeah. Um, but the other exciting bit is I'm going on tour with her. That's right. You're is, driving the van. I am right? driving the van. He's the van boy. I am the van man. So I, yeah, I know Tara Rouge through some like local connections, yeah. but um, basically I will be driving a van, but occasionally just helping out set up the stage and do all the techie stuff with the musicians. And, and you're hoping kind of to sneak your way onto the drum kit, I if believe. I if you can. If I can. I'd <laughs> love I've not played live music in front of people for a really long time. So That'd be cool. I'm gonna go to a couple of shows in January with her and just kinda like I, I know the band like through social circles but yeah. like don't know them personally yeah and if i'm driving them up to brisbane and driving to canberra yeah. and adelaide and doing all that like i want to be able to know them well yeah so sick it's really exciting that's really exciting i'm, I'm keen as but I'll, I'll let you guys know like when the show dates are like yeah. via posts or something Definitely. i'll share i'll share terra rouge's instagram on our instagram or something cool but She's amazing. Definitely check her out. If you want some song recommendations, I really recommend Rock and Roll Band. That's oh, yeah. one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is Fuckboy. I think that song is so good. If you are a um, young female in Australia, you will love this song. <laughs> the, one of the first lines of the song is, I'm so sick and tired of tiny little toxic men. And it just, <laughs> oh, it just hits so well. But nice. yeah, Terra Rouge, check her out. She's awesome. Oh, very nice. Well, that's all we have time for. So we'll see you next Friday for another transmission from the Space Commanders. Yes. Merry Christmas to those who celebrate and happy new year. Goodbye, yes. Commander players. Bye.